0: Hello and welcome to the latest episode of the Odds On podcast, your home of football and sports betting. My name's Dan Tracy and for the next 45 minutes I'm joined by two top guests as we dissect all the numbers Look for the value and find those long shots before this weekend's football action. As I say, it's not just me on the show today, so before we start waxing lyrical about wagers, let's get the introductions out of the way. First up, I'm joined by James Capps. And James, it's a pleasure to have you on the show again. How have you been this past week?
1: Yeah, very good, thank you. Although HMS pissed the league hit choppy waters for Derby last weekend when they were beaten at home by Plymouth, but all good aside from that, thank you Dan.
0: Yes, I saw that result, and I think it actually scuppered our odds on Acker. So I think we all felt that defeat. So we share your pain, James. We share your pain. But we're also joined by Jamie Brown, last but certainly not least. Jamie, I hope all is well for you. And how have you been these past seven days?
2: Yeah, obviously really enjoying Champions League football being back. I think I mentioned last week Spurs finally back in the competition, obviously back in action on, on the night recording this show. So I'm really looking forward to that game. But yeah, an, an exciting week. And um, yeah, obviously lots happening in the world of the Premier League. and. Uh, I think there's been a, a big incident this morning and uh, I'm looking forward to talking about it.
0: Yes, keep your power dry. We're going to get to that in just a moment. But that's all the intros out of the way. So let's get down to business. And of course, before we start, wherever you bet, check first with FreeBets.com, your best place for offers, tips and insights. And from a social media point of view, if you're placing any bets this weekend, let us know via the odds on podcast hashtag. And who knows, we may be discussing your winners on next week's show. Okay, where shall we start first? Let's go to West London and some breaking news as Thomas Tuchel has got the sack as Chelsea manager. Now, this news is so fresh, there's not even a market at the time of recording. So, James, all I can ask here is who do you think will be next in the Stamford Bridge hot seat?
1: Yeah, well, I just think it might be Graham Potter's moment, actually. Odds just starting to trickle in as we jumped onto to record. And he is actually the bookies' favourite around 11 to 10 at the time of recording. And I really hope he does get it. We laugh and joke about managerial merry-go-rounds at the lower echelons of league football, but we tend to get the same names at the top of the game too. And Potter's been a breath of fresh air at Brighton. He's tactically very strong. He's improved the side year on year, and he's earned his chance at an elite club. It would still be a bold appointment from Todd Bowley, and there's a certain sanctuary of appointing a Pochettino or a Zidane, but I don't think either of those are long-term appointments. While Potter strikes me as someone who can build a side with a bigger picture in mind.
0: Well, Jamie, £250 million worth of signings for the next man to inherit, with the timing of the season and most candidates, I guess, being locked up. Who is the genuine successor right now, do you reckon? Dare I say, maybe even a certain Mauricio Pochettino.
2: Yeah, I mean, this this would be a really interesting one, obviously, given his ties with Tottenham. He has spoken in the past about not wanting to go to a rival club. I think when he was at Spurs, he was you know, speaking he could never go to Arsenal. I think he obviously mentioned as well he could never manage Barcelona as well given his Espanyol link. So you'd hope that he would kind of stick true to his word and uh, not go there. And and, and I think he kind of at this moment, he does seem to be the second favourite. And I think it will be between these two. You know, James mentioned him there. Graham Potter is obviously the favourite. I think this would be an absolute disaster from a Spurs perspective if Graham Potter was to go there because I think he'd, he'd do an excellent job. I think, as James said again, I really think this is probably his moment to kind of take on that, that big job. I think this Chelsea team is, is really geared towards him as well. We've seen him obviously set up with a wing-back system, three defenders. I just think this Chelsea team is is perfect for him and um, I think Chelsea have to go for him. I, th- I said um, to some of my Chelsea mates, I think Potter is absolutely perfect man for them, and uh, I think this is opportunity for him to get a big club. But you know whether or not um, Chelsea kind of see him as as the right fit for them in terms of is he a big enough name? I think Todd is a guy who will look to go for that, so that could be an interesting factor, and maybe they look over a manager like Graham Potter. I don't think they should, um, but yeah, obviously Zidane's another shout. I think that, that could be an interesting one. I think that. Todd Bowley, I mentioned, he'll look to go for a big name. I think he's currently around 6-1 to one at the moment, Zidane. So that could be an interesting one, given how how big his profile is. So that might be one to look at for. But, you know, the rest of the contenders, there's like Brendan Rodgers is there. Allegri, of course, Juventus. Martinez, Southgate. So kind of the other contenders, There don't really seem to be anyone who particularly stands out, apart from those that top three that I mentioned. So for me, I, I, I think it's probably going to be between Pochett, uh, Pochettino and Potter, um, for that job. I don't think Zidane will take on that job. Um, I think he's looking at the national team at France. So, I think he'll hold up for that. But uh, for me, it's going to be between Pochettino and Potter. I think Potter's the perfect fit, though.
0: I feel that you're right in the sense that I don't feel it's going to be anyone outside those two, Potter and Pochettino. And James, you're absolutely right in the sense that Potter deserves to go up the hierarchy. But you look at Chelsea and their short-termism he might be on the chopping block within 18 months. And I know that comes with a hefty bit of compensation and you're kind of well paid for your troubles. But then is he going to be set back by having a taste of the top six and then dropping straight out of it? And then you're kind of a backward step. It's a difficult one. Do you, do you stick or twist, really? I mean, if it was, say, Tottenham or Arsenal or Man United, it might not be so trigger-happy in terms of the chairman. It might be more of a simple, yeah, now is my time, I'm on the move. But with Chelsea, there's just that little bit of doubt We think, well, actually, I don't know. I've seen what's happened to Thomas Tuchel, and he's been to the pinnacle of European club football. I might just be on the chopping block quite soon after. So that's a decision that I guess that he'll have to make in his own mind. But we'll watch this space because we've got to talk about some football now. And James, Alexander Mitrovic has scored six goals in six for Fulham. They play Chelsea on the weekend. Is he the first name on the anytime betting slip before the weekend?
1: Well, he's got to be right up there, hasn't he? This is the Chelsea side that has kept just one clean sheet. It's so in half a dozen Premier League games. And we were extremely fortunate to have VAR save them in that 2-1 win against West Ham last time out. And that's without mentioning the quite horrific performance against Dinamo Zagreb in the Champions League on Tuesday. I do still think that Mitrovic is a little bit skinny in the anytime market, though, at 15-8 there. There will be a few takers that price, for sure, considering... He's on a run of six goals and six on base value. He looks like a good value bet. But I think it should still be on the other side of two to one personally. I think Pierre emerick or Bamiang is worth a look in this market too. He scored in his last couple of appearances against Fulham back when he was an Arsenal player. And he should be the main man for Chelsea. He's around the two to one mark, and I think he's well worth a go at that price. Well, Jamie, because of his flurry of early goals, a new market has opened up actually,
0: and it's looking at his end of season tally. You can now get three to one on the Serbian scoring twenty goals or more by next May. He has six already. Would you back him to get the other 14?
2: Yeah, so it's a really tricky one. I mean, at the rate he's going, you'd probably say he could do it. But I think at kind of at that price and, and kind of that goal tally of, of 20, I think you you'd probably wouldn't go for it. I think at the moment, it's, it's difficult to know whether he's going to sustain that. I think a lot of people kind of expect him to finally hit, you know, find his form in the Premier League. You know, he's had a couple of seasons where he had, you know, some tricky seasons. He had some where I think he got just over 10 goals. Um, so he has, you know, shown that he can do it in the Premier League, and this year he's, you know, he's having a fantastic year. Um, I, I, I just wouldn't back him at the moment at, at three to one to, to actually hit that twenty goal mark. I think it's, you know, question marks whether he can actually sustain it. Um, so yeah, I, I I'm not hundred percent sure he's going to hit that twenty goal mark. So I think at three to one, I'd probably look to stay away from it.
0: Now, James, in terms of the game itself, Fulham have certainly held their own in the Premier League thus far. They've held Liverpool at home. They were edged out by Arsenal and Tottenham on the road. What do you make of this
1: upcoming encounter? Well, anyone who fancies a Fulham success in this one probably shouldn't look at the recent head-to-heads. They haven't beaten the West London rivals in the last 21 attempts, and the Cottagers have won only once against the Blues since 1979. So, it's a tricky one to call on balance. Chelsea should win, but... Haven't been up to scratch away from home recently, so a look of a score draw here at four to one.
0: Well, Jamie, when it
1: comes to Chelsea, they haven't quite got their
0: house in order. Of course, that's with Thomas Tuchel now removed as manager. But when you factor in their defensive woes and the Mitrovic effect, does both teams have score like a smart suggestion to you before the weekend?
2: Yeah, I'd say this is definitely the way to go for this one. I think Chelsea's defence have looked kind of all over the place this season at the moment. Obviously, we saw against, uh, you know, uh, in their game in the Champions League, obviously conceding there. Um, so, I think, you know, they have definitely got the ability to to really kind of concede goals at the moment. Mitrovic at the moment, you know, just feels so assured that he's going to score just given the form that he's in. Um, so, I'd definitely be backing him to get on the score sheet on Saturday thing is Chelsea as well I think Chelsea are more than capable of contributing goals to this game as well so I think both teams to score is definitely the way to go it's actually a bet that I was discussing with some of my friends as well I think both teams are scoring a full and win but obviously the Tuchel factor does change that'll be interesting to kind of see how Chelsea respond we've seen many occasions where teams are able to kind of bounce you know get that have that new manager bounce so, it'll be, be interesting to see which way this game goes now, given um, Tuchel's obviously gone. But uh, I think both teams to score is definitely the way to go here, given Fulham's, you know, the goals that Fulham have got, especially with Mitrovic, Chelsea's poor defence. But I think as well, Chelsea, they, they do have a threat of their own. So, um, both teams to score is definitely the way to go for me for this one.
0: Yeah, I'd agree with you on that front. But next up, we're going to go to Bournemouth. They face Brighton in the South Coast Derby. Now, James, there's no permanent manager for the Cherries at the moment. Then again, no problem. Can the Cherries make it three league games unbeaten at the weekend?
1: Not an easy one this, Dan. Bournemouth should be feeling a lot better about life after that brilliant win at Forest. But Brighton are developing a reputation as being quick starters and have shown again this season that they can cope with big-name departures. And I think they're a good price here at five to six. They're an underrated quantity still and especially away from home. It was only the Premier League's top four that did better than them on their travels last season. And with them scoring plenty of goals, I think they'll be just too strong. So I do fancy goals on the south coast. So, a Brighton win and both teams have scored as the pick here at 10-3. to Well, Jamie, the challenge of Brighton is not going to be easy, especially as they are getting goals from all
0: quarters at the moment. If you had to go for an anytime bet before the weekend, who would you be looking at?
2: Yeah, well, look, firstly for this one, I'm pretty confident of a Brighton win. I just think they've been fantastic this year. And, you know, I've obviously made it very clear. I'm a big fan of Graham Potter and kind of what he's doing. Again, it might be interesting, given that he's being linked with the, the, the Chelsea job, how that might affect the game. Obviously, players might be wondering, you know, is he here to stay? So that could be a potential factor. But I, I just think Brighton look so good at the moment that, um, you know, I don't think there will be too many distractions. And I think they should win this one. So I'm going to go for a Brighton win here. And in terms of any time goal scorer, I think Pascal Gross is probably the way to go here. Uh, nine to two, which I think is pretty tempting at the moment, given the form that he's in. He's, you know, he scored... Um, three goals at the moment in the league he looked very good against Leicester um, so for me Pascal Gross is probably the way to go here and you can get him to score any time at uh, nine to two
0: now Bournemouth are yet to name a permanent successor at the time of recording so we may as well touch on their market odds in terms of their next manager Sean Dyche is shortened to six to four do you think that's a bit too short now James to ignite any real interest from
1: you no, I think it's right in the sweet spot, actually. Once you're going over 2-1 to one territory in this market, the bookies are still verging on speculation. But 6-4 to suggests there's a bit more to it now while still offering some value to the punters. I touched on last week, I think it's the perfect appointment for them and the cherries should snap him up quickly before a certain Leicester city potentially goes sniffing for him. Or even Chelsea, maybe.
0: Well, Jamie, if you look at Gary O'Neill, who's currently the interim manager, his odds have shortened to 2-1. to one. Now, if he can get something from the visits of Brighton... Would that make the job his what do you make of the movement before
2: the weekend yeah i mean it's a tricky one because i would have to say that sean Deitch does seem the obvious pick here i think we mentioned on last week's show he just kind of feels like the right fit a guy who can work under a limited resources just feels like the right fit there and obviously the squad as well that he's got feels kind of geared towards playing you know the way that sean Deitch likes to play so me, Sean Dyche probably would be the pick, but I think with Gary O'Neill, it would be an interesting one. I think if he was to get a result, you'd have to say the job is pretty much his. I think he's you know, he's coming and done a very fine job with them, getting those two results out of nowhere, really. Obviously, he got the three goals um, against Nottingham Forest, managed to keep a clean sheet at, at Wolves. So kind of at both ends of the pitch, you know, he seems to be doing pretty well with them. Um, but Brighton, I think, is going to be a very big test. I mentioned I, I really do fancy a Brighton win here. So um, I, th- I think it's going to be tricky for them to get a result. But... Look, if they were to get a result at, you know, at home to Brighton, I, I think you'd have to say the job might, might almost be certainly his.
0: Right, we're going to go bet building once again now, and this time we're off to the Etihad as Manchester City play host to Tottenham on Saturday. And once again, we're going to try and construct an early season winner. Now, this week, James, it's an anytime goal scorer.
1: Well, in the interest of offering a bit more value, we'll actually ditch Erling in this cool. week and go for Ilkay Gundervan, the German. International regularly pops up with a goal, and he looks like a decent value here at three to one.
0: Fantastic, and Jamie, as always, the over/under on the goals, please.
2: Yeah, well, look, as you know, James mentioned there, he's given someone other than Haaland and I think he's right because there's just so many players that can score in this game, and, and that's why I'm going to go quite big with the goals uh, this week. Um, obviously, I mentioned Haaland. you know, you've got Kane, Foden, San, Mares, Kuleszewski, so so many goals in this game. I, I really feel like this one is going to be jam-packed with them. And I'm going to go pretty bold this week. And I'm going to go for over 3.5 goals.
0: Fantastic. And I'll stay on the goals theme. I'll go a little bit different this week. I'll go with both teams to score. Yes, I think with the options that you just mentioned, Jamie, I think it's going to be a surprise if one team keeps a clean sheet. So I don't feel there's going to be a clean sheet in the blue half of Manchester. And now let's just recap on those picks. OK, then, just to recap our three picks for the weekend. James has gone for Ilkay Gundogan to score at any time. Jamie's gone for over 3.5 goals. And I've gone for both teams to score, which means if you put in £10 to the betting slip, 6 to one of the odds, £70 is the return. We didn't get lucky last week. We were quite close, but not close enough. Let's hope this week is our first winner. I hope you get over the line. I hope we get over the line. And let's talk about the match itself now. Because, James, Man City showed there was a chink in their armour last week at Aston Villa as they drew one all. Do you think Tottenham can put a dent in it here at the weekend?
1: Well, there's plenty to enthuse Spurs fans who think they can go to the Etihad and get something. Tottenham, of course, did a double over City last season and have, in fact, beaten them in four of the last six meetings. But I don't think it'll be five in seven, I'm afraid. We can afford City an off day. And despite not being at their best, they could easily have beaten Villa had one or two things gone their way. The Erling Haaland factor means I won't be laying them anytime soon. Although that said, odds of worse than one to two for a City outright win do very little for me. So a City win by two goals gets the vote at 17 to five.
0: And Jamie, you'll be fully aware of Tottenham's 3-2 win last season at the Etihad, not to mention that they had City's number twice in the league last season. Do you think this is a game where Antonio Conte tries to go for the jugular, or is it more about keeping their current unbeaten record intact for the season?
2: Yeah, I mean, it's going to be such an interesting one. I think we all know the way that Antonio Conte likes to set up against kind of these bigger sides. I think it's, all, it's going to be all about kind of hitting Manchester City on the break. But I think as well, it's also important to mention that, you know, Spurs, they seem to have the most success when they're playing against sides that really like to come at them. So that could be a really interesting factor. Um, I think as well, you know, having Romero back, having long laid back in the team, I think that that's going to help Spurs a lot. I think it's going to be huge for them. Um, and do you know what? Obviously, as much as I am biased on this one and as much as City are a strong team, I can see Spurs getting something from this. I just think, as I mentioned, the way that City do set up, the way that Spurs like to play against these teams that do come at them, I think there's you know potential for Spurs to, to, to get something from this. And of course, you know we, we know Spurs' record against Manchester City. It seems to be very good at the moment. So, I actually think Spurs can get something from this. I don't think it's going to be a win because, as I said, City just look so strong at the moment. But uh, yes, I am. But I'm actually going to back Spurs to get something from this.
0: That means the double chance klaxon has officially been pressed. And at odds of 2-1, to one, I'd be doing exactly the same. Yes, there's a hint of Tottenham bias. Actually, there's a big bit of Tottenham bias. I won't lie. But I do feel with Antonio Conte, Tottenham going there, getting a win last season, winning at home under Nuno. We'll try and forget that bit. But... I feel they can go toe-to-toe with City and at 2-1 to to get at least a point. I think that's a great price. But James, we cannot go an episode without mentioning Erlen Haaland's goal tally. You can now get 9-2 to on him hitting 40 or more this season. 25% of that is already done. Would you be tempted by this at all?
1: I'm probably just about swerving this one. We know Pep Guardiola likes to rotate, especially around Champions League match days, although I do think Erling Haaland will play this weekend. And the fact that Julian Alvarez has settled in well and scored goals adds further fuel to the argument that Haaland will get plenty of resting time towards the sharp end of the season. He does have a bit of an injury record to think about too, so I am reluctant to go near that market for the time being.
0: Well, Jamie, if you're looking at this from a half-time, full-time point of view, how do you see the game shaping up across all 90 minutes?
2: Mm, Yeah, well, look, as I said, I think Spurs are capable of getting something from this. So I'm going to go for them getting a result on on the weekend. I I think probably a a win is is pushing it. I I mentioned I just think that, um, you know, City are strong, but there has been a slight vulnerability to them. and, And that could be where Spurs do take advantage of them. We've seen them, of course, draw with Villa. We've seen Newcastle. They looked a bit shaky against Crystal Palace as well. So. I think Spurs can maybe get something from this. Um, again, I, th- I think there the seems to be quite, you know, some nice value in terms of this market of the, the, the half-time, full-time. Um, but for me, I'm going to go for Man City half-time and a draw full-time. Um, and that's like a massive 18-1. to 1.
0: That's a huge price. I mean, again, when you look at how Tottenham have set up this season already, they look potential contenders. If they can go to with City, I think that is a fantastic bet. But anyway, let's move on now because it's time for our long shot hacker. Once again, we go anywhere in the world. Odds between two to one and five to one, which means Jamie, you're up first this week. What have you got for me?
2: Yeah, I'm going to go for a Newcastle win um, against West Ham, and I'm going to go for both teams to score in this one as well. And you can get that at nine to two. I think uh, West Ham—they're in Europe this week, so I think that that is going to play a factor. Newcastle—they've looked really strong this season. I think they probably will be the best of the best team outside the top six. Obviously, Brighton might push them, but. For me I think Newcastle can have a really good season and uh, I'm backing them to get a win at the London Stadium on the weekend.
0: Fantastic. And James, what do you have up your sleeve?
1: Yeah, I'm dropping into the Championship where Bristol City have been leading at the break in all of the last four wins and I think they'll beat a Preston side whose great start to the season was curtailed by Birmingham City last week. The Robins victory at half time and full time is available at 10 to 3.
0: Lovely stuff. I'm going to go to St Mary's on Saturday as Southampton take on Brentford. And with Ivan Toney in red-hot form, I think he's going to help the Bees land another league victory over, shall we say, a goal-shy Saints. which means I'm backing Thomas Frank's men to win at odds of 2-1. to one. And of course, check out freebets.com for all the latest offers and enhanced odds from all the leading bookmakers. Right, let's have a look at a few more Premier League outings now. And next up, we go to a hugely important clash at the King Power. James, is Brendan Rodgers having a point in the last chance saloon before Saturday? He's four to six to go next, although some reports are saying that bet has been suspended.
1: Yeah, I think the Leicester board have probably made their mind up and... Brendan Rodgers has done everything bar wear please sack me sandwich board in the last couple of weeks. So I think the conscious uncoupling is coming sooner rather than later. But on the pitch, this is a vital one for both managers. Steve and Gerald will have taken plenty of encouragement from a draw with Man City last time out, but it won't mean much if they don't get anything from a struggling Leicester side. Both sides know where the goal is but struggle to protect their own so i think both teams scoring is a shoo-in at five to seven but the result itself really is anyone's guess the same outcome hasn't come in back-to-back games in the last 14 meetings between these two which makes it even more difficult to call so although i think we're in for an entertaining game i think this is one for the watch list rather than the coupon list
0: while Jamie, Stevie G cannot relax all that much either, second favourite to go at odds of 7-1, to one. the draw at home to Man City certainly bought him some time, but could that time expire if the Villa lose to the Foxes at the weekend?
2: Yeah, well, look, I, I certainly agree that he's, he's brought him some time, I think, to get a result at Manchester City, especially when everyone was kind of expecting Haaland to really run riot. And, and to get that draw was, was a pretty impressive result. But um, look, I think I think he's got to kind of get a result now against Leicester. It's a side whose manager is also under big pressure as well. So I think a defeat for Gerrard could be very costly. And we always know in the Premier League, you know, results can change things very quickly. And um, I think if he was not to, to even pick up three points here, I think he would then start to become under real pressure and the feet would would really put him under pressure. So we know as well, obviously, Villa's owners, they seem to be very ambitious, obviously, given what they've done in the transfer market, the way they've backed Steven Gerrard. So I think they'd have no problem with pulling the trigger at kind of any point. So um, he's got to get a result here. And I actually do think they will. I think they come up against the lesser side who just look at, you know, totally clueless at the moment in terms of what they're doing. I think that, you know, Brendan Rodgers' time, it seemed like it was up, uh, you know, for for a long part of last season as well, um, and I think that's very much been the case this season. So I actually do think that Villa will get something here. They looked good against Manchester City. Um, you know, we know they can be a good side. We I think Gerard, I, I think can be a good manager as well. So I, I think Villa can can potentially get back on track, and um, I think they will back up their their result against Manchester City with uh, with a win on the weekend against Leicester.
0: Now, James, in terms of Leicester's defence, it's been nothing short of abysmal this season. At least two goals against per game, shipped five at the weekend. How many do you reckon they'll
1: be shipping come this Saturday? Well, I'm sure they'll concede at least one. Villa have plenty of attacking quality. Philip Coutinho was bright when he came on last week. Danny Ings and Ollie Watkins, a proven goal scorer as well. Leon Bailey, who I mistakenly left on my fancy football benches, starting to show what he's capable of. If you fancy that, Two-goal-a-game average continue, Dan. You can get 6-4 to four for Villa to score over 1.5 goals, which I think is a pretty tempting proposition, especially as an alternative to a match result market that looks like a bit of a nightmare to predict.
0: Well, Jamie, if Villa are to put lesser to the sword, what players take your fancy from an anytime scorer point of view?
2: Mm, yeah, well, look, it was the player that James just mentioned there, and I'm going to go for Leon Bailey for this one. I think, you know, he returned to the team on the weekend. You know, he was very impressive against Manchester City. Obviously, he got that goal. Um, and, you know, he's a guy who also impressed you in pre season. I think a lot of FBL managers kind of wanted to throw him into their teams. And, um, you know, he's finally kind of starting to show what he can do. And um, a good performance against Man City, a goal. I think he's certainly going to be rewarded with another start on the weekend. And, um, yeah, I think he's a, he, he is a, certainly a talent. We saw that at Bayer Leverkusen. we seen that at parts at Villa. Obviously, not quite enough, but. I think he's a guy who can kick on and um, I'm going to back him to score any time here and uh, you can get that at 15-4. Uh, to 4.
0: Yes, funny you mention FPL. We don't usually mention FPL much on the show, but I had Leon Bailey in my team for the first two weeks. Didn't really do much. Bombed him off. Now I look at him. So, Leon, no need to thank me. You're fine. But anyway, let's go to Anfield next. As a stuttering Liverpool, the host of Wolves, the Reds have not lost any of their last 26 matches at home in the league. The modern outfit have not won any of the last seven on the road. Now, James, with this in mind, what takes your fancy from a betting point
1: of view? Well, thank you very much, Dan. That intro means I had to do very little research ah. <laughs> to the head-to-heads. But regardless, I think we're looking at a straightforward Liverpool win. I can't see where the Wolves goals are going to come from. You'd think they need at least a couple if they're going to get a result here. And I just don't give them much hope of reaching that kind of tally. Liverpool have won the last seven meetings. and have kept clean sheets in five of them. So a Reds win to nil looks to the tonic for me here at 11 to 10.
0: Now, Jamie, in terms of total goals, Wolves are seemingly the kings of the under 2.5. Do you think it'll be more of the same when Bruno Marge's men
2: come to Merseyside this weekend? Yeah, I I think it will be. I think defensively Wolves have been really impressive this season. They've conceded just four times in their first six matches. The big problem is, is you know, goals have been the issue. They've only scored three all season. So, um, you know, obviously not conceding many, but also not scoring many either. So I think it will be a low scoring one. I think for Liverpool as well, I think this will be a case of Liverpool do get back on track. I definitely see a, a Liverpool win here, but I think it's going to be a low scoring one. I certainly agree with that under 2.5 goals here. So I like the look of either uh, a 2-0 win for Liverpool at 6-1, to one, or you can get Liverpool an um, under 2.5 goals here at 14-5. Uh, to five.
0: Now James, looking at Liverpool's start to the season and the outright market, the bookies still have Jurgen Klopp's men as second favourites at odds of 7-1. Do you think that's rather generous or would you still consider this as an each-way bet perhaps?
1: Yeah, it is perhaps a point or two bigger than I expected, but I guess is a result of a poor start for Liverpool and the fact that they have injuries to contend with. They also have the Champions League to think about now, so life isn't going to get any easier for them. And I just worry about a threadbare midfield running out of steam when the going gets really tough on the other side of the World Cup. But as far as each way value goes, I think Spurs look like a good pick at 14s, meaning you'd get odds of 7-2 to two for a top two finish. And considering their start and the way they've been playing, I think that's a great looking bet. I'd have to agree on that front. But going back to the match itself, Jamie, Liverpool are either coming from behind as of
0: late or not scoring at all. So Wolves scored the first goal in the clash at the final day of last season. Do you like the sound mm. of a Liverpool win from behind at odds of 6-1? to one?
2: Yeah, I mean, look, maybe I'm overestimating Liverpool here, but I, I just think that they're going to be too strong for Wolves here. I don't, as I just mentioned, I just don't think Wolves are going to be able to contribute too much to the match. I mentioned they've only scored three goals this season. So... I just don't see them taking the lead. I think this will be a fairly comfortable win for Liverpool. Um, I think also Wolves have blanked on three occasions this season and I think Liverpool have enough to kind of keep them um, at bay um, again on the weekend so um, yeah, I probably wouldn't go for this one. I think this will be a fairly straightforward win for Liverpool. I mentioned it will probably be to nil, it's going to be a low scoring one as well and uh, I, I just don't see Wolves contributing to this match in terms of goals.
0: Right, next up, let's go to the last of the Saturday games, a Southampton play host at Brentford. Now, James, the Saints have won once at home, once away this season. Can they stop a Brentford side that put five past leads at the weekend? What do you make of the pre match odds in this one?
1: Well, I think this one has the makings of a decent game. You never quite know what you're going to get with Southampton, but both teams have scored in four of the last five at St Mary's, while we've averaged comfortably over 2.5 goals in Brentford's four away games in League and Cup. There were wins apiece for these two when they met last season, and both, funnily enough, were by three gold margins. Home advantage means... Just give this one to Southampton though, although they aren't at the top of my list of teams to bat this weekend, despite quite generous odds of seven to five.
0: Now Jamie, once again we'll look at an end of season tally, this time Ivan Tony. You can have four to seven on the former Peterborough man scoring fifteen goals or more this season. Do you like the sound of that? Or do you fancy twenty or more or odds of six to one?
2: Yeah, look, I, th- I think a lot of people expected him to eventually be a big success in the top flight. He obviously looked very, very good in the championship. Um, and, 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 you know, and seemingly, obviously, last season, you know, seemed to make a, a good start to life in the Premier League. And this year, obviously, started fantastically well, five goals in six games. Um, so, that, that obviously, a good sign for them. I think 20 goals, though, is probably pushing it a little bit. Um, I think maybe it's, it's slightly underestimated in terms of how big an achievement that is to hit 20 goals in one season. So I don't think Ivan Toni is going to do that again. It's, maybe it's a bit similar to, to Mitrovic in terms of, you know, is he going to be able to maintain such form? I mean, potentially. Obviously, these are two strong strikers. But I think given the teams that they're in, I'm not quite sure it's going to be sustainable for them. I think 15 goals, you'd, you'd probably have to back that given the start that he's made. And, you know, he only needs 10 more to get that. But uh, I think 20 plus is, is probably pushing it. So I, I, I'd probably look at 15 goals, but uh, 20 plus is, is, is for me pushing it.
0: Now, James, a market which is perhaps underutilised in any match is a 10-minute market. So you can get 10 to 3 on either team scoring within this window on Saturday. Would you be tempted by this? Or does it make sense to go with 1 to 5 on for no goals in the first 10?
1: Well, I'm no stranger to having a losing Acker inside 10 minutes, Dan, but I agree there is some good value tucked away in this market. I'm just not convinced that this game is where the nuggets of gold are hiding. Southampton and Brentford both tend to grow into games and score most of their goals after half-time. In fact, Southampton haven't scored or conceded inside the opening 10 minutes yet in the Premier League this season, but I'll briefly revert back to Liverpool for this one who scored twice in the opening 10 minutes against Bournemouth a couple of weeks ago, so they look a pretty tempting price at 15-4 to to be winning at the 10-minute mark in their game. of Wolves. Top shout there. Jamie, in terms of the over-under
0: at St Mary's, is this going to be a clash that lends itself to plenty of goals? What do you make of this one?
2: Yeah, I I definitely agree with that one. Over 3.5 goals is probably the way to go here. I think Saints have scored seven goals so far and they conceded 10. Brentford, they've scored 15 and conceded nine. So I think both teams got lots of goals in them so um, yeah I really like the look of a lot of goals here over 3.5 goals probably pushing it a little bit but as I said I think you know both ends of the pitch lots of goals there so uh, over 3.5 goals you can get a two to one
0: right before we move on any further I'd like a correct score bet from you both this week it doesn't matter where it is in the world I just want that outcome spot-on something that Jamie did exactly last week so well done to you mate and that also means I'm gonna start with you this week what have you got for me this time
2: yeah, I mean, I, I probably, I, th- I think with this one, I couldn't quite help myself. I'm going to go for, and um, you know, Spurs getting a result. I did mention it earlier on in the show. Again, it's a game where I think there's going to be lots of goals in. I think it's going to be a draw as well for this one. So between Manchester City and Tottenham, I'm going to go for a tool draw and you can get that. A massive uh, 20 to 1.
0: Behind me, And James, what have you got for me?
1: Yeah, I'm heading for the London Stadium for West Ham versus Newcastle. I don't think there'll be much between them this season. Both defences are strong on their day too. So I like a low scoring draw and 1-all is available at 6-1. to one.
0: Fantastic. And of course, check out freebets.com for the best insight and betting tips ahead of this weekend. Right, let's mop up some Sunday Premier League encounters now. And first up, we go to the Emirates as Arsenal play host to our good friends Everton. James, Arsenal are no longer invincible. Can they take out their frustrations on the toffees?
1: Well, if you asked me this a week or two ago, I'd have been first in the queue to back an Arsenal home win, but I was impressed with Everton in the Merseyside derby. They had plenty of tenacity in midfield. They created chances and weren't troubled too often by a pretty quiet Liverpool attack. There's a bit more steel in that toffee's midfield now, and I think they'll give the Gunners a game here. I know Arsenal hammered Everton 5-1, in the final game of last season. But before then, Frank Lampard's side won the previous three. So I've just got a feeling they'll get something here. So get the Claxon out once again and back in Everton or draw double chance at 12-5. to The jury's out for Arsenal after that defeat at Old Trafford. So this could be the start of a sticky patch for what is still a raw outfit in North London.
0: It's a busy episode for the Claxon. Jamie, our good friends Everton have been rather difficult to break down. No win yet, but four draws from the first six. Could I interest you in 17-4 to for the draw at the Emirates?
2: Yeah, look, I'd obviously love to be tempted by that offer. But unfortunately, I, I probably won't take you up on it. I think Arsenal, they should be able to comfortably respond to their defeat. Um, and I think they're going to win this one. Um, I think they've just got too much of a goal threat in their team. I think Everton, I think this is going to be a step up. I think Liverpool are a side who maybe have struggled this season. So that's why Everton were able to keep McPay, at bay, obviously, at Goodison Park as well. I think I mentioned on last week's episode, that it was always going to be a game where it was, you know, a real derby match. Just had that feel where it was going to be two teams being very cagey. But I think for this one, I think um, Arsenal are just going to have too much quality in their team. Too many goal scorers. So, um, yeah, I'm going to go for an Arsenal win here. I also like the look of an Arsenal win and Jesus to get uh, two or more. I think, you know, Jesus is obviously a guy who's, who's got a bit quiet over the last couple of weeks. But we all know his quality and uh, I think he's going to bounce back with, with a couple of goals on the weekend. So I'm going to go for an Arsenal win, Jesus to score two or more and you can get that at nine to two.
0: Sorry, Everton fans, if you're listening, but let's stay in the capital now as West Ham play host to Newcastle that same afternoon. The Hammers and the Magpies were both robbed by VAR last weekend. They all just want a good, honest game of football. But, James, what does this mean in terms of the tale of the tape?
1: Well, as I touched on in the correct score segment, I think what we have in front of us here are two very solid teams that, let's face it, are probably just outside the European equation for the time being. but. By the same token won't be far away from it again in the next couple of years. And as far as form goes, Newcastle have drawn four of the last five Premier League games, whereas West Ham have won just one of the last nine in all competitions at home. So all the signs point towards a draw here and you can get that at five to two.
0: Now, Jamie, Alexander Izak has already announced himself to the Premier League. The Swedish international is 21 to 10 to score any time on Sunday. Do you like the sound of that one?
2: Yeah, I think absolutely for this one. I think we all you know, saw in his debut against Liverpool how dangerous he can be. Obviously, he should have scored a brace. I think he had a goal which was disallowed. Very nicely taken goal for both. Um, Obviously, the one (laughs) being disallowed. But um, look, I mean, we all know he's a massive talent. I think everyone kind of expected him to come to the Premier League and be a success. And um, yeah, I I think I mentioned earlier, I do think that um, Newcastle are going to win this one against West Ham. See a West Ham side who will be playing in, in uh, you know, midweek in Europe. So that could potentially have a, uh, an impact on the game. And, and uh, you know, maybe concentration levels won't, won't be the same as they usually are for West Ham. So I think Izak can definitely take advantage of this. And I, I'm really expecting him to be big success in the Premier League. So, um, yeah, I think at 21 to 10, I, I really like the look of Izak to score any time.
0: Now, James, this fixture could go some way to deciding who, if either, of these sides finish in the European places. The Hammers are only 8-1 to one for a top six finish, but do you think that ship has already sailed?
1: Yeah, potentially. In part, it's down to a pretty sleepy start from David Moyes' men, but I think it will largely come down to the fact that a lot of sides have spent a lot of money. West Ham are, of course, included in that, but... Man United appear to have gotten one or two things right in the transfer market this summer. The same can be said of an ever-improving Arsenal team. And although the Hammers have made some smart additions, you do wonder if they've done enough to beat those big hitters to the top six punch. I think Moyes will be looking at the Europa Conference League as their most viable route back into the Europa League. But games against Everton, Wolves, Fulham and Southampton in the next few weeks suggest that they could get on a run and get back into top six contention via the league. So all is certainly not lost in East London just yet. Now, Jamie, in terms
0: of Newcastle, their trophy drought, which we shouldn't include the famous Inter Toto Cup win of a decade or so ago, is decades long. However, would you back them at six to one to win a major trophy this season, which I guess realistically would be either the FA Cup or the League Cup?
2: Yeah, well, look, as from a Tottenham fan, as a guy who, who kind of counts the Audi Cup as a trophy, I definitely wouldn't. <laughs> uh, I definitely wouldn't rule out the Inter Toto Cup, but um, look, I, I think it's probably not something I'd be going out my way to, to kind of back. Um, However, having said that, I, I think there's a possibility for it to happen. I think I'd probably say that, given there's so many distractions this season for the big clubs. I think, obviously, given you know European matches, of course, you know, and and then of course so many fixtures being crammed into such a a small period, given the World Cup. Um, you know, you look at Spurs's kind of uh, fixture run and then you look at obviously Chelsea's and all the teams in Europe, it's, it's just so hectic. So I think these two domestic cups, they're not going to be ones that are really going to be very high priorities for these teams. So maybe, you know, they might take their half in these games and you might see these these big clubs kind of drop out of the competition at earlier stages. So that could be a shout I think as well, I've made it pretty clear over the last couple of weeks, I really like the look of Newcastle this season. I think joint with Brighton, they're probably the two best sides out of that traditional top six. So um, I think it's certainly a possibility, but I, I probably wouldn't be going out my way to back it.
0: Yeah, I think you probably want to wait, I don't know, maybe a round or two for the League Cup. Obviously, the FA Cup, you're not going to bet before January, are you? So there's a bit of logic there. You want to probably wait for Newcastle to go a bit deep, but that then comes at the... The cost of value now. So if they do go deep, that odds are going to shorten considerably, aren't they? You know, 6-1, to one, probably be 3 or 4 at best. So I think if you're a Newcastle fan, it's not the worst 5A you'll ever spend. Other clubs, supporters, may be whole 5, but who knows? They might finally end their drought at the end of the season. But another fixture in London on Sunday, which means the tube is going to be incredibly busy, is Crystal Palace playing hosts to Manchester United, James. And with the Red Devils looking for a fifth successive league win, would you be backing this at odds of 11-10? to 10?
1: Yeah, it's hard to turn this one down. This will be a very different Manchester United side to the one that lost at Palace on the final day of last season. And with things starting to click into gear, I think they'll get things right here. It's just one goal for Palace in the last three hours of football, while Eric Ten Hag's men have conceded just once in the last four and a half hours in the league. So United win to nil. Looks good to me at a potentially overpriced 3-1. to one.
0: Well, Jamie, Wilf Sahar will be keen to bag a goal against his former club. He can get 5-2 to two on the Ivorian scoring any time. Would this be going on your betting slip?
2: Yeah, well, look, I'm I'm really liking the Luka's hard this season. Obviously, made a really strong start, um, and I'm probably backing to score against most other teams. But I think at the moment, you look at this United team, I think they've got such momentum, and they've, they've probably got enough to just keep Palace at bay um, on the weekend. I think um, we, we've seen how settled their backline looks at the moment. Obviously, Dallo, Varane, uh, Martinez, and Malassia. So I think that having a settled backline now is is really helping them. Obviously, seeing you know what Man United fans. You know, really liking the celebrations of their players when they're making those big tackles. And, and they just seem to be so settled at the moment. And I think that that's something that's really key. And I think that's probably why that they'll manage to, to stop Palace and, and Zaha from scoring the weekend. So um, as much as I do like Zaha at the moment, I, I can see Man United keeping him at bay.
0: OK, Monday night football now as Leeds play host to Nottingham Forest. This has all the hallmarks of an entertaining clash. James, is this right for picking when it comes to the both teams to score market?
1: Yeah, this one reeks of BTS, doesn't it? Leeds leads coming to this off the back of a 5-2 hammering from Brentford. Well, Forrest suffered a sucker punch 3-2 defeat by Bournemouth just days after being hit for six. Manchester City of course but I do think we'll get goals from two sides who need to show a bit of a reaction and get back to winning ways both teams have scored in three of the last four meetings between the two so that certainly gets a thumbs up again from me at 8 to 11 and I think this Forest side has enough about it to go to Ellen Road and get something so they're getting some double chance love as well at 21 to 20 it's just one defeat to Ellen Road in almost a decade for Forest so they tend to do okay on their trips to West Yorkshire.
0: Well, let's stay on the topic of Nottingham Forest and trying to get something because, Jamie, they have failed to win any of their last five league outings. By that logic, does backing the host at four to five to win on Monday make sense? Or do you feel that Stevie Cooper's men can finally come good?
2: Yeah, I mean, the, the thing we said about Nottingham Forest coming into the season or, you know, after a couple of matches... Given how many new players have signed, there was such a kind of an unknown entity. And um, But I think after six games, you probably have to say they've been a bit underwhelming at the moment. I think we obviously saw them you know, losing at home to Bournemouth. That was a very disappointing result from them. Um, I just think with this one, I think a game under the lights at Ellen Road, obviously a Monday night match. I just think this is going to be one where where Leeds probably will win this one. I, I'm, I'm certainly going to go for it. Leeds um, here to win this one. Um, Leeds as well, they've looked fairly strong. Obviously had that disappointing defeat against Brentford, which halted their momentum. So they've been a bit hit and miss. But I think at home at Ellen Road, under the lights, against the Nottingham Forest side, who have been struggling, look pretty underwhelming. Um, I I think Leeds, for me, is going to be the way to go. And I'm going to go for a Leeds win.
0: Okay, let's take a quick scoop round some other leagues now. James, you're off to the Bundesliga. Now Bayern Munich have drawn their last two outings, one all. Are they going to unleash their fury on Stuttgart this weekend?
1: Well, Stuttgart can probably lay a stronger claim to be draw specialists in the Bundesliga. Four of their five games so far have ended all square. And it's also worth bearing in mind that Bayern are at the San Siro to face Inter Milan in the Champions League in midweek. So a few factors at play make Bayern a pretty duff betting prospect at one to six. Although that said, Bayern have beaten Stuttgart by at least three goals in five of the last seven meetings. So if omen's like that are your thing, then jump on Bayern minus two in the handicaps at even money. But it's probably one that I'll stay clear of.
0: While in France, the big fixture is arguably Marseille versus Lille. Marseille unbeaten in Ligue 1 this season. Jamie, do you reckon they can stay on PSG's tail by the end of the weekend?
2: Yeah, obviously well, going to be a really interesting one. Of course, on the day of recording, they do play um, Tottenham. So it's going to be very interesting to see how they get on in this one. And I think from a Spurs perspective as well, to get this team out of pot four probably wasn't the best, the best thing to happen. Obviously, it was important that we avoided Celtic and Rangers. We obviously saw, you know, how difficult place that is to go. But Marseille, you know, you look at how good they have been this season, undefeated at the moment in the league. I think they're going to be a really strong team. And I think there will be a side who, who will look to push PSG. I think PSG are probably going to be too strong in terms of the title race. And I think they will end up pulling away. I think, again, we mentioned last week's show, PSG, they look really strong this year. And they just look to have got the right appointment with Christophe Galtier there at the moment. So he got that win against Juve as well in the Champions League. But from a Marseille perspective, I think they're, you know, looking really strong at the moment. Obviously dropped just two points in their first six matches. On the weekend, of course, you mentioned they do face a strong Lille side um, will also start the season strong. But actually, I, I, I do think Marseille are going to win this one. As I said they just look so strong at the moment. I actually I like the look of them to win to nil here, at um, 11 to 4. Um, you know, their last three matches they've kept clean sheets in, so I, I think they can do the same again here at home. So um, yeah, I'm going to go for a, for a Marseille win here at uh, 11 to 4.
0: Lovely stuff. James, you're back on the football train to Spain now as Real Madrid look to continue their perfect start to La Liga when at home to Mallorca. What is the value bet when it comes to Carlo Ancinotti's men before the weekend?
1: Yeah, not particularly easy to get excited about Real Madrid at one to four to win this one, especially when you consider Mallorca's solid start. The mid table haven't conceded in an opening two away games, and that record also extends to the final two trips of last season. So I'm keen to avoid Real Madrid this weekend. They should win. It'll be no surprise if they do And. You won't get much in the way of financial returns if they do either. If you want an alternative in the Liga, then I'd suggest going for a Real Sociedad. They're better than evens to beat a winless Catafé side who haven't beaten their visitors in the last four attempts. Top knowledge there, James. And Jamie, you're in the car and driving to Italy. Juventus
0: have had a rather slow start to this Serie A campaign. Any bets take your fancy when they play host to Salernitana.
2: Yeah, well, look, I I think from a Juve perspective, I think it's probably time to part ways with Allegra. I just think they've looked so uninspiring for maybe the last two seasons and obviously started this season really poorly as well. Um, I think, you know, they just seem to be, the way they seem to be setting up just doesn't seem to be right either. Um, Obviously, they're heading to Saturday's clash in seventh and obviously play 10th in the league. Um, And, you know, the the visitors only lost once this season as well. So I think this is going to be a pretty tricky one for them. So I'm actually going to back them to not get the win. um, And I'm going to go for a draw at seven to two.
0: Wow. There you go. If it comes good, that might be bad news for Allegri. But our final bit of business is the odds on threefold. We will pick a leg each, combine it into an acca, Let's try and go for bets over one to two, but less than evens. And let's see if we can get another winner over the lion. I'll go first this week. I'm going to go to La Liga as league leaders Barcelona travel to Cadiz. Xavi's men are on maximum points after four rounds of the season. Cadiz are bottom of the table and yet to score a goal, which means I'm backing the Catalan giants to win to nil at odds of 10 to 11. James, what have you got for me?
1: Yeah, I'm dropping into League 2 where Barrow run a five-game unbeaten run that has taken them into the automatic promotion spots. And they next host a Colchester side without a win in four. So the home win looks a decent price at
2: 21 to 20.
0: Fantastic. And JB, what have
1: you got up your sleeve?
2: Yeah, look, maybe an interesting one, given that Bournemouth are undefeated in their last two and obviously made a good start under their new caretaker manager. But uh, I think Brighton are going to be too strong for them on the weekend. They've looked so good to start the season. um, And I'm going to go for them to beat uh, beat Bournemouth at four to five.
0: Fantastic. That brings us to full time now. So I just need to do the admin before we wrap up. As mentioned before, if any of these bets take your fancy, make sure to visit the free bets website. And now I just need to thank my duo of top guests. James, thanks for joining me this afternoon. I hope you enjoyed that one. Pleasure. Cheers, Dan. And Jamie, thanks for your time and sharing your betting insights with me.
2: All good. Thanks, Dan.
0: Cheers, guys. And also to the listeners out there. And with that said, it just leaves me to say that my name's Dan Tracy. This is the Odds On Podcast. And until next time, goodbye. <music>